1: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome back, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, followed by my two co-hosts, or other hosts. I keep saying co host other hosts, keep going back and forth. But tomato, <laughs> tomato. Uh, but we have Nina Kitty. Hello. And Courier7. Hello there. And today, after our episode from last week... Which is weird to say because as we're recording this, this is actually the day after we record our normal episode. My work schedule is <laughs> okay. going to be weird next week. Um, we are going into more of the spooky factor because last week we went over, you know, Return to Hogwarts Day. We just did a recap of all that fun stuff. But before that, we did Horcruxes. So we're getting back in the more spooky things. And we are going into the Unforgivable Curses. Which... Yeah. Yeah, so Horcruxes is obviously the end-all, be-all, the most evil thing you can even do. Even dark and dark and evil witchers and wizards don't even attempt to do it. Except for the two that we know of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the Unforgivable Curses is a complete different story. Because we see mm-hmm. these used... All the time.
0: Spells are okay. You just can't shatter your soul.
1: Right. Exactly. No. <laughs> so, for a summary, uh, the Unforgivable Curses were three of the most powerful and sinister of spells known to the wizarding world, as well as the strongest known dark spells in existence. They were tools of the dark arts and were first classified as unforgivable in 1717, with the strictest penalties attached to their use. The three curses consisted of the Killing Curse, Avacadabra, the Cruciatus Curse, Crucio, and the Imperius Curse, Imperio. Uh, by the 1990s, using any of these three curses on the fellow human being, muggle or wizard, result in the life sentence to Azkaban uh, without parole unless there was a significant evidence that the caster did not under the influence of the Imperius Curse. Many dark wizards attempted to use this Excuse to prevent themselves from incarceration inc- cur- when caught, particularly after the First Wizarding War. Exceptions do apply, as Solomon Swallow, in his capacity as an Auror, used one on a Dark Wizard without receiving any legal repercussion aside from rel- retiring on bad terms with the Ministry. And then Aurors were permitted to use them during the First Wizarding War and during the height of the Second Wizarding War under Lord Voldemort's regime. The curses were made legal, though this would have been repealed following Voldemort's dem- desmi- yeah, demise. So... You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're yeah, in Great yeah. War, and, like, specifically, these wars were bloody. Ev- in a figurative term because spells unless you like use a severing charm doesn't Mm -hmm. cause blood typically. A lot of times you die from magical means with no anything happening to the body or blood force trauma. Yes. So. Unless you use you know a severing charm like Harry does to Malfoy where then yes you will see blood. Because he shot invisible swords at him. And that's 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 not good. Don't do that.
0: Don't do that. Unless your life is, is in danger. Cool.
1: Unless your life's in danger. That is true. So here we are going to get into the history. So we do have some early history, and by early history we have like one little thing. And these three curses have been classified as unforgivable in a wizard society since seventeen seventeen, according to Albus Dumbledore. That's it. That's all we have in early history for these. Before 1717, they were perfectly fine to use, but something happened in 1717 to where they became very bad.
0: Yeah, they are probably getting used and getting caught being used a whole bunch.
1: I would imagine misuse and people dying left and right and dropping dead. Yeah. Which is probably not a good thing to do. No, dropping or, bodies and torture like is not a good
0: thing, and controlling yeah. people is not a good thing. So none of those are good things.
1: Yeah, don't 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 do anything that the three curses do because they're bad. It's unforgivable. Yes. Hence the name.
0: Indeed. Yes. Indeed. So.
1: Uh, we do have the First Wizarding War. So, during the First Wizarding War, the Death Eaters made frequent use of these curses and in an effort to even things out, the Ministry of Magic gave Or special permission to use them as well. After the First Wizarding War ended, with the disappearance of Lord Voldemort, Alice and Frank Lombottom were tortured into insanity with the Cruciatus Curse by four Death Eaters. This crime was considered to be many of the most horrific crimes to have uh, in living memory, the victims never recovered and spent the rest of their lives in the uh, Janus uh, Thicky Ward for ir- irrevocable spell damage at Sang Mungo's Hospital for magical maladies and injuries. Mm-hmm. So, a um, little side thing here. This is something the films don't really allude to. So, in the films, and these are if you notice, long bottom. So, these are Neville's parents. So, in the films, it is implied Neville's parents are dead. But, they're not. In the books, you actually, uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione actually meet them in the books in Half-Blood Prince, I believe. Is it Half-Blood Prince? Or is it Order of the Phoenix?
0: Oh, I don't remember.
1: I can't remember on the top of my head which one they. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, order of the phoenix because um, they go visit Arthur in the hospital after oh, yeah. uh, the Nagini attack. So they do, Absolutely. and they meet Neville's parents, and which they had no idea were still alive. Found out they're alive because they were tortured into insanity. So they they were there, but not there. Um, and this mm-hmm. is also the return of Ooh. the most frequent and most annoying character, Gilderoy Rot Lockhart, makes another appearance in this book. Oh god, yeah. And he's as insane <laughs> as all of them, but like he's so full of himself so much, even after his memories are completely wiped.
0: Yeah, sometimes you just can't get rid of that ego.
1: Yeah, and no. and mm-hmm. So, now we have Between the Wars. So, this is after the First wizard War. So, this is right before, you know, at right after Voldemort tried to kill Harry the first time and it backfired.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, during 1988 through 1989 school year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, the Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor Patricia Radpick uh, which the December... Dis... Dis... Ugh. Words demonstrate the unforgivable curses at to Jacob's sibling after their friend Rowan Kanana has been subjected to the imperious curse. In a trip to Nocturne Alley, she demonstrated the cruciatus curse on a dark wizard, much to the students' shock and horror. Fun enough. That is exactly where I'm at in the current my current game of this. <laughs> of Hogwarts Mystery. I'm literally <laughs> right before... This is literally right before I'm going to Nocturn Valley. I I'm literally just got that mission. And then later that school year, Ratpick tortured uh, Marula Snide uh, sadistically with the Kushadis cursed in the Buried Vault. In the next school year, she murdered Rowan Kanana with the Killing Curse in the Forbidden Forest while aiming for Ben Cooper during a duel. As revenge, Marilla M- Snide attempted to use the Cruciatus Curse on Radpick in the Sunken Vault, but was unsuccessful as Radpick moved her away from... with uh, Moly Corpus before she could finish the incantation.
0: She does not sound like a really good teacher. I <laughs> mean, professor. it comes to... <laughs> and,
1: um... Moly Corpus is essentially a spell that... makes you a puppet, essentially. Like, the, the caster gets like makes you literally dance to their tune kind of a thing just for a short while. It's not like permanent or anything like the imperialist curse or anything like that.
0: That almost sounds like a bad spell to be able to do too. That would be awful.
1: Right. So, but it's, it's a, um, I can't remember if it's a, so it's used to levitate and move people. So it's like Mm. invisible strings. So you essentially just become a little puppet um, but I believe it's a, a jinx, if I recall. It's either I think it's a jinx. Um, okay. Yeah. In the 1990 to 1991 school year, the Japanese dark wizard Kazuri Shiraton was found guilty of having used the unforgivable curses in the conclusion of his wisdom trial, along with other crimes, and was sentenced to the life imprisonment of Azkaban. Lovely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, when disguised as Alistair Moody, using the Polyjuice Potion during the 1994-1995 to 1995 school year, Barty Crouch Jr. performed each Unforgivable Curse on a spider in front of the fourth year Defense Against the Dark Arts class in 1994. He told his class the penalty for using any unfavorable curse on another human being was life imprisonment in Azkaban, he also told the class they were not supposed to be shown what the curses did until their sixth year. He later bewitched several of his students with the Imperius Curse to teach them how to resist the effects of the curse and with only Harry Potter being successful. And this is another thing that is only in the books as well. This is not shown in the films or anything like that. But yes, uh, Harry is... And his entire class is subjected to the Imperius Curse, and the mm-hmm. Moody or Birdie Crouch at this point was just making them like move around the classroom or something. It was something really mundane, but he has he has such strong willpower, and that is how you break and how to resist the Imperius Curse is because of his so much courage and willpower and determination to resist all anything evil he was easily he he was the only one able to resist the imperious curse now granted That's he did throw sense. up multiple times trying to do this
0: <laughs> me too
1: <laughs> so but yeah i mean which also helped a lot because i think later because this is in goblet of fire later in the book i, I, I recall the um yeah, because it was during the in the Graveyard Duel with the Voldemort. Uh, Voldemort tries to use the Imperius Curse on Harry, and it doesn't work well because Harry has learned how to resist it.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, yeah that's in yeah. the movie that you see him do that. He kind of breaks out of it. Mm-hmm.
1: And then on June 24th, 1985, Harry Potter was subjected to the Cruciatus Curse twice. In the Imperious Curse, once by Lord Voldemort in the Little uh, Hangington Graveyard, he was able to resist the latter. Ironically, thanks to Barty Crouch Junior's teaching, which I just yeah. went, to, which I just talked about. Yeah, literally, that he, because of Voldemort's own disciple, Harry was able to get out of the <laughs> one of the Unforgivables.
0: <laughs> it's fun how those things work out, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So now we move to the second Wizarding War So during the Battle of the Department of Ministries Harry tried to use the Cruciatus Curse on Bellatrix the Strange but it didn't have much effect. She taunted Harry and needed that he needed to really enjoy giving Pain to an order for it to work as he learned later that he successfully used the Cruciatus Curse on Amos uh, Caro before the Battle of Hogwarts on May 1st, 1998 uh, incapacitating him uh, Snape killed Dumbledore using the uh, Killing Curse on top of the Astronomy Tower. Also during the Battle of the Astronomy Tower, uh, Torfin Roll was recklessly firing off the Killing Curses left and right, one which accidentally killed a fellow Death Eater, Gibbon. Uh, throughout the 1996-1997 to 1997 school year, Draco Malfoy used the Imperius Curse on both Kitty Bell and Rosmerta, and unsuccessfully attempted to torture Harry with the Cruciatus Curse. He was all, uh, as he was severely injured by the Sanctum Sempra curse casted by Harry, which is that is the spell that you shoot in an invisible sword out of your wand,
0: which is still really cool. It is really not cool. Not good, but it's All really right. cool. Yes.
1: And then Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange brutally tortured Hermione Granger with the Cruciatus Curse at Malfoy Manor, and Harry used Imperius curse numerous times during the trio's 1998 Grungott's break-in. In the same year, during the Battle of Hogwarts, Voldemort attempted to murder Harry with the Killing curse twice, once in the Forbidden Forest and the other during the final duel in the Great Hall. Also, during this battle, uh, Bellatrix almost hit Ginny weasley with the killing curse missing by several inches but because of harry's sacrifice and Ginny's ability to relatively easy dodge opponent's spells it was not uh it would not have most likely harmed her and then Although
0: that scene in the movie with her mom oh coming up god her, that is that i is, still love it it's so iconic and my it's just daughter, yeah. yeah oh my god it's great
1: um funny enough Here's a little thing. Uh, my the Ren Fair, my the Renaissance Fair I go to. My local Renaissance Fair. We have a, a shop called John's Wood, um, mm-hmm. and everything he makes um, is made out of wood. So he makes like, um, like plaques of um, like certain sayings from a bunch of famous like uh, series. He makes like he has all like you can get all four Hogwarts houses and the Hogwarts emblem. Like, um, not even framed, but they were like cut out out of wood and painted and everything. It's really cool. Uh, but he makes you little pins, and one of the pins and like the either the pins have like, uh, like he has a bunch of Harry Potter ones, where it's like each house and like the Hogwarts emblem or like the Witcher wolf or something like that. He also has pins that have sayings on it, and one of them is "Not my daughter, you." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it is great, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's great!" And uh, my friend's daughter is like, "What's this one?" It's like, "Nope, you can't see this one."
0: No, nope, <laughs> I was like, "That's you. not
1: for you." You, you, <laughs> like, she's seen the film, and so she knows what it is. But like, you don't need this pen. No. Here's a Gryffindor no. pen because she's a Gryffindor.
0: Which, yeah.
1: funny enough, yeah. I need to buy her. So I spoil her so much. Good. Um. <laughs> She's <laughs> okay with my daughter, and I spoil her. I treat her like my daughter. <laughs> so, and then, also, during the Second Wizarding War, the Unforgivable curses were made legal by Lord Voldemort after he and his death eaters successfully infiltrated and usurped the British Ministry of Magic. After the war ended, this was reversed by Kingsley Shacklebolt when he became Minister of Magic. Which is, by the way... I'm so happy Kingsley was the one that became minister after the battle of Hogwarts because Kingsley is great. Oh, yes. I love, I love the actor who played Kingsley in the films. He's great Same. because yeah. he has the best line in order of the Phoenix. Like, let's be honest. He has the best line when Dumbledore escapes with um, Fox and they do that um special like combo Phoenix apparition Literally, Mm -hmm. Kingsley gets up and is like, "I hate to admit this. Uh, You're gonna hate this, Minister, but you have to admit, Dumbledore has style." (laughs) It's just like, "Oh my God, that's great!" (laughs) It's like that's fantastic. Oh my God! It's like that's like one of the best lines in the film. Oh, it's it's fantastic. But um, (laughs) so now we move from their history to the performance of the curses. So since the unforgivable curses were very powerful, their use required both great willpower and great skill in order to bring about the effects. One of the most or one must also have the desire to use the curses for for malevolent purposes. For an example, Harry Potter was unable to effectively cast the Cusciatus Curse on Bellatrix Strange in 1996. Despite being furious with her for her murder of his godfather, he lacked the desire to cause pain for, his own, for its own sake, and Harry's righteous anger only afflicted a brief moment of pain on her. So, in this, uh, essentially like to use these curses you have to physically mean it mentally physically and all the above you have to like to use like the killing curse you have to have full-on intentions to murder someone in cold blood
0: mm-hmm.
1: same yeah. with in the uh cruciatus curse you have to have the full intention to cause pain for their suffering um the Imperius Curse though is the one that's like in the grey because there's not really a desire to harm anyone with the Imperius Curse.
0: No, but it's a sense of controlling them to bend them to your will. So Correct. if you really want that person to do it, it still goes off of like the It still whole goes off of... like
1: the negative emotions of wanting control.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You really gotta mean it and feel it to mm. have them work.
1: And then, uh, shortly before the Battle of Hogwarts, Harry not only successfully used the Cruciatus Curse against, uh, Ambus Cru- uh, Caro, he also cast the Imperius Curse against two individuals during the Green God's Heist, which led to Harry, Hermione, and Ron getting into the Str- strange Vault. Soon after being, cr- uh, Cruciated by Harry, uh, Ambus Caro was also ju- subjected to in the Imperious Curse by Minerva McGonagall. Perhaps because the curses were cast during a period of when the ban on the use has been lifted, they were no indication of either Harry or McGonagall being punished for using them in such circumstances. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, yeah, the entire wizarding world was being threatened on its head and it was turned on its head, like overnight yeah. almost. Yeah. And these are the two people who will never use dark magic using dark magic just so they can survive. I mean, can you really see professor McGonagall really using any of these curses? She's like one of the most kind hearted professors in of all of Hogwarts. She's strict, completely strict, but she is the most, one of the most kind hearted professors.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's cunning enough to have found another way around the situation before using any one of those curses anyway.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. Very intelligent. I mean, she's kind so kind hearted. She's essentially mm-hmm. Harry's god of grandmother. Her and Dumbledore <laughs> are essentially Harry's grandparents. If he ha- oh, would absolutely. have grandparents. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I yes. mean, she gifted him a Nimbus 2001.
0: Well, she's also very competitive with Critch too, so. That's like, also
1: very true. She's also wanted. She, she also wanted to she, win, so.
0: She but it's that not cup. like Harry
1: didn't have the goal to spend a, to get a Nimbus two thousand and one anyway, though. Like, true. Harry's he true. flipping rich.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's very well to do.
1: Oh. He probably yes. didn't know what he would be
0: buying anyway. So oh, he had no idea. Saved him the effort. No.
1: <laughs> Heck no, he had no idea. <laughs> But um, at this point We are going to take a quick mid break And we will be right back
0: We took it all We brought them to our land An endless night Ember hot and icy cold The rage of the earth We made this curse Carved it in the blood on our backs We did not see We could not but she did And in the end What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
1: Alright, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything with the podcast. That has nothing to do with the lore of the wizarding world. And at this point, I just want to... um, Thank everybody listening and supporting us. And if you do want to support us, there's a few different w- options that you can do that. Uh, first off, you can support us through patreon.com slash cast where you can get ad-free episodes or even have a tier to where you can join us once a month on a show of your topic of your choosing. We can talk about Hogwarts Legacy, any upcoming news, or anything that you want to talk about with the Wizard World. We can talk about it. And you can also support us through Apple and Spotify. You can leave a five-star review on Apple with some words. We'll read it out loud the next time on the show. And you can leave some, a comment on an episode on Spotify. And we will read that out loud on the show as well, as long as it's some nice words. And then uh, you can also join us on Discord. There there's two different Discords you can find us on. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net to where we have a channel for this show as well as my Discord, Ben and Friends Podcasting, to where you can find a channel for this show as well as the other shows I host, the Final Fantasy Lorecast and the Holocron Histories. Um I'm trying to think. And uh, oh also, you can find us on Twitch as we live stream these episodes at my Twitch channel, Ben of Tamaria. And uh, we normally live stream these at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday nights. But due to my hectic work schedule, that's since I'm changing jobs, it might be a little iffy depending on how things go. But we shall see. It shouldn't be too much. Because... My new job closes at 9 p.m., so we'll see.
0: We'll see. We'll keep we'll you updated.
1: See. Um, But, yeah, uh, is there anything else you guys would want to add before the mid Nope,
0: that's about it.
1: Yep. All right, well, let's get back into it. All right, now that we're back, we are now getting in. To the specific unforgivable curses. So. We obviously have the most famous one. The killing curse. Avacadavra. So. Obviously this spell has caused the victim. An instant and painless death. So it's an instant kill. This spell is straight up instant mm-hmm. kill. So the incanda- incantation of Avacadavra. Caused the blinding intense green bolt of light. To shoot from the end of the caster's wand. Which... On contact of the victim resulted in instant death uh there is no secondary effects the victim simply drops dead uh for no biological reason it is it is possible that the victim's internal organs cease function however it seems to be more likely the method of killing was due to the soul of the victim being magically ripped from their body
0: and that's painless i don't know <laughs> right i
1: I mean, from, imagine
0: that last part. I mean, from what painless. Harry's
1: description and what we see in Deathly Hallows, it was essentially painless. He didn't feel a thing. Uh,
0: that's just wild. But he also wild, went man. to
1: limbo, so he was not even like truly dead. This is,
0: That's a good point.
1: So Harry's in, point. Harry's thing is different, but we also, um, from Sirius's perspective, when he talks to Harry through the Resurrection Stone, he sp- specifically says... You feel nothing. It's like falling asleep. So
0: I also feel like it might have been different for Sirius because he went through the veil. Yeah, but he also
1: got hit right before the veil.
0: That's true. I guess I don't know. I guess to me, I don't know which one actually did kill him. If it was the curse or if it was the veil. I mean,
1: you wouldn't go through the veil if you weren't already dead. I guess, but I don't know. Who knows? Um oh, yes, sir. So evidence of this came from the testimony of perhaps the most perfect prolific caster Lord Voldemort having experienced the lethal effects of the rebound killing curse but surviving due to the creation of multiple horcruxes Voldemort described the sensation of being struck by of having his consciousness torn from his body accompanied by a sensation which he described being pain beyond pain muggle coroners would have been be unable to find a cause of death in such attack but the British Ministry of Magic recognizes the signs of the curse mm. The Killing Curse has no counter-curse and couldn't be blocked by most magical means. However, the green energy bolt might be dodged, blocked with single objects, or intercepted with a few other powerful fast spells, particularly the stunning spell. For instance, Albus Dumbledore enchanted a statue from the fountain magical Braithen to shield Harry Potter from Voldemort's Killing Curse during the Battle of the Department of Ministries. If the curse missed the victim and and struck an inanimate object and said it might cause a small explosion at the point of impact um, results, which might start a fire of green flame. However, the curse might also ricochet off the objects in question. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The killing curse was used uh, regularly by Lord Voldemort, possibly more than any other spell, and his Death Eaters used it as well. The spell was performed verbally as a rule, Bellatrix the Strange killed a Fox with a non-verbal killing curse after operating with Narcissa Malfoy at Spinner's End thinking that it was lurking uh, was a lurking or Only two people have ever been survived the effects of the curse Harry Potter who was given the magical protection against Lord Voldemort's use of the curse through his mother's loving sacrifice and Voldemort himself due to his horcruxes which each had a part of himself in them. Uh, Harry used the disarming charm uh, and was additionally aided to save by the effects of Porori and Cantardum when his and Voldemort's wands locked into a duel in 1995 because of their wands' twin cores. When Voldemort struck him with a killing curse again in nineteen ninety-eight, Harry was able to survive once again because Voldemort had taken some of Lily Potter's protection of Harry onto his own body by using Harry's blood in his rebirth ritual in nineteen ninety-five. The process somehow tethered Harry to life so long as Voldemort himself was alive. Okay, that, that is something a little new to me. I kinda I, I knew that a little bit, but
0: it's a weird concept when you think about it because if he's already a Horcrux, and then now you have his blood life, like I it just—it's like so many layers coming down, protecting right. Harry from all of these different. Yeah. he was things, destined
1: which, to to live.
0: Yeah, That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, and absolutely. In uh,
1: nineteen ninety six, Fox sacrificed himself. By swallowing a killing curse that Voldemort aimed at Dumbledore, it killed him that it would anything living, but in a typical display of a phoenix's response to death, he burst into flames and was immediately reborn from his own ashes as phoenixes are immortal. So, I mean, that showcases right there, you physically cannot kill a phoenix. Even with a killing curse, the the phoenix (laughs) will just come back to life because Mm -hmm. phoenixes. Which is fantastic, because who doesn't love a phoenix?
0: Absolutely, they're amazing.
1: And then, Lord Voldemort murdered many people with his curse. Victims include his father, his grandfather, his grandmother, James Potter, Lily Potter, uh, Chardy uh, Burbag, Frank Bryce, Gold Grindelwald, Bertha J- uh, Jorkin, and a German-speaking family of three, and countless more. It is known that he killed enough people to create an army of inferior. Gross. Which is terrifying because mm. inferior are terrifying too. Go play the Hogwarts Legacy. Always. You come across them all the time. <laughs> which is kinda yeah. s- which is kinda like scary knowing that there's that many inferior around Hogwarts. It
0: is.
1: So, it is yeah. so now we move to the Cruciatus curse or crucio. So it infects incruciating pain on the recipient of the curse. To torture them. So the cruciatus curse uh, which inflicted incruciating pain upon the victim acquired a verbal incantation and use of a wand. The effects of the curse depended upon the desires and emotions of the character to produce the excruciating pain implied by the name, and the caster must, according to accomplished caster the caster must, according to accomplished caster Bellatrix Strange, truly despise the victim and enjoy causing pain. The extreme pain inflicted by the curse made it unequally suited as a form of torture, and was used regularly by the Death Eaters. When Harry Potter uh, was made the victim of the curse in June 1995, he described it as feeling like he, ha- like his head, it was being split open while having his bones set on fire. However, since this was the only time Harry has known to have been inflicted with the curse, and as no one else has ever given a description of the effects, it is unknown. It was. This is how the curse always felt. The Cruciatus Curse caused Alice and Frank such suffering that they were admitted to permanent ward at St. Mungo's Hospital of Magical Maladies and Injury as a case, cases of insanity. This was carried out by Barty Crouch Jr., Bellastrix Lestrange, uh, Rufus Lestrange, and Rabastan Lestrange. This act was considered one of the most despised. Deprived crimes of all time in terms of damage to the victim and the sadism of their attackers.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't cr- don't don't do that. Don't just, just don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: No, it definitely is very. And
1: sadistic. now the final curse, the Imperius curse or Imperio, and it causes the victim to become unquestionably uh obedient to the caster so the imperious curse placing the victim in a calm trance-like or dream-like state an experience described as a wonderful release from any sense of responsibility or anxiety making the victim under the power profoundly acceptable to any influence of the caster who hold on their free will as deeply rooted in a part of the victim's unwillingness to impart with the comfortable sensation in part in the newfound lack of and thus indifference to the moral perspective of the caster's desires making the victim inclined to carry out whatever the task thrust upon them for no other reason that they failed to see why they should do so leaving him or her largely under the complete control of the caster oh my throat oh my gosh that was a lot (laughs) (laughs) And the the victim was calm from doing any uh, from doing things they would do be physically incapable of otherwise to committing horrible crimes and they ob- obeyed any order. It was also seen that the curse worked on animals as Barty Crouch Junior cast the curse on the spire during uh class when disguised as Alistair Moody. Mm-hmm. Death Eaters often make made use of the curse, for instance, Lucius Malfoy forcing uh, Bodric Bode and Sturgis Padmore to try to steal the prophecy from the Department of Ministry and placing several other officials under the control of the, uh, to facilitate the takeover of the Ministry of Magic in 1997. Many Death Eaters also lied about u- being under the Imperius curse during the First Wizarding War just to avoid imprisonment in Azkaban and resisting the imperius curse was possible but extremely difficult only those with a par- uh, particularly strong will could achieve it harry potter barty junior and barty crouch or barty senior and barty Crouch junior each learned to resist the curse after being subjected to its effect harry potter in particular appeared to be extraordinarily good at this as he was able to partially partially resist the curse from the very first time it was cast upon him he was, and he was later able to completely resist it when he, when it was cast upon him by Voldemort himself. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those things. Like the more it's cast upon you, the more better feeling and resistance you can gain from it, essentially.
0: If you want to resist it, I would think. If yeah,
1: you, if if you're wanting uh, to resist yeah. it, exactly.
0: Mhm.
1: And now we have the etymology. So, during an audience review at the Edinburgh Book Festival in 2004, J.K. Rowling said, Does anybody know where, where Avacadabra come, came from? It is an ancient spell in uh, Aramaic and is the original uh, it is the original of Abracadabra, which means, let the thing be destroyed. Originally, it was used to cure illness, and the, th- and the thing was the illness but I decided to make it the thing as the person standing in front of me. I take a lot of liberties with things like that. I twist them around to make them mine. Rowling uses the name and may have been inter- uh, influenced by the Latin air. Crucio means I torture in Latin, originally from crux, a uh, genitive crucius, uh, which means torture, platform, or stake. Uh, or more specifically, cross. The word word excruciating is descended from the same root. Crucifixion uh, was a form of torturous execution. And then imperio is a corrupt is a corruption of Im- impero, Latin for I command. Hmm.
0: I didn't know that last one. Yeah, I didn't cool.
1: know either. Um, mm-hmm. Which the abracadabra one makes sense being I, I didn't know it was Aramaic from abracadabra, abracadabra meaning I destroy things like that that's interesting I did not know abracadabra meant that I was like, so no not at all that so is me, really cool me that me seeing abracadabra all the time when I was a kid saying I destroy this like what <laughs>
0: <laughs> you magicians on stages using that abracadabra is like hat. wait
1: a minute <laughs> <laughs> that's not what that means <laughs>
0: No.
1: So, last but not least, we have behind the scenes. So, the three curses are called unforgivable because their use was carried to the strictest of penalties, including most recently an automatic life sentence to Askaban. The name may be an illusion for the concept of unforgivable sin, also known as eternal sin, or unpartable sin, Uh, In some Christian faiths, an act that makes salvation impossible, which would be understandable given the spell effects, particularly the killing and cruciatus curses. And that despite their reputation, they can be used for less malicious purposes, such as when Snape killed Dumbledore with the killing curse, Snape used the curse as a mercy killing rather than wanting Dumbledore dead. Which is true. Yes. It was a mercy killing because Dumbledore was already dying because of uh, the Gaunt Ring. He was already weakened. That's right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is possible that the British Ministry of Magic temporarily legalized the unfavorable curses also during the Global Wizarding War, uh, given how quickly one of Therese's commanders, some Sumdornis, used it during during Grodot Grindelwald's rally in Paris. And then Harry Potter attempted to cast the Cruciatus Curse on the Strange without success in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and attempted to do the same to Severus Snape in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. In Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, however, he not only successfully uses the Curse on Amy Crescaro shortly before the Battle of Hogwarts, but earlier in the book he uses the Imperius Curse on Travers and Bagbrook. uh during the break-ins at Hogwarts, were known incident in which Harry cast and attempted to cast the Killing Curse, even against Voldemort himself, despite u- despite the use of the curses being said to carry an automatic life sentence to Azkaban. Harry was apparently not punished for any way of using them, although except for two times which they were legal to cast them during the Regime of Lord Voldemort, and for the other two times where there were known witness- uh, no known witnesses. It is also possible that nobody would care what he did to Bellatrix Strange or any other high-profile Death Eater, given the circumstance in which them, which he used them, such as after Lestrange killed Sirius Black, or his use of the Imperius Curse on the goblins would have deemed beneficial for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Plus, he you know, defeated Voldemort, so you're really going to send the guy who literally freed the entire Wizarding World from... A evilist plot to ask a ban? No. No. That yeah. that's just gonna shoot yourself in the foot by doing that. Yeah, no. you're gonna
0: upset a lot of people. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And Harry Potter is the only known wizard to have resisted the effects of uh, all three curses. He survived the killing curse twice, once in 1981 and once in 1998. The effects of the Cruciatus Curse placed on him by Voldemort soon after the second incident was nullified by the fact that the wand in question refused to harm its master. And then finally, Harry learned to fight back against the Imperius Curse under the tutelage of uh, Barty Crouch Jr., and at the end of the film version of Chamber of Secrets, Lucius Malfoy appears to begin to cast Avada Kedavra on Harry before being interrupted by a spell cast by a recently freed Dobby, the house elf. This isn't a very smart move considering he's right outside Dumbledore's office at the time. Within the film series, this is the first time an Unforgivable curse is partially named despite not being introduced into the fourth film. It was later revealed this original film screenplay simply called for Lucius Malfoy to attempt to curse Harry before being interrupted by Dobby, and Abracadabra happened to be the first curse named that Lucius Malfoy's actors mind. And it wasn't oh, I think even it was a good choice. It's a Funny thing, it wasn't even Abracadabra. He was say, he was about he was say, he was going to say uh, he was kind of saying Abracadabra. Uh, abracadabra, but the way he's <laughs> like the the way they were going with it, uh, it's like yeah, just go with abracadabra. Um, go with that, but like that's because he that was the first spell that uh Lucius Malfoy ca- would cast in the film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: but yeah, like, after the actor the he didn't have any spell repertoire or anything. It's like yeah, we'll just go with this. we'll just go with this. And then in the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, it's stated during the Defense Against the Dark Arts lesson that the use of any curses will earn you one-way trip to Azkaban, and the novel is specified that this only applies to the, if the curses are used on another human being.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's unknown if using the Unforgivable Curses on non-human beings like goblins or vampires would also be punished with a life sentence, but it seems likely. And in the film version of Goblet of Fire, when Barty Crouch Jr. first uh, writes the unforgivable curses in the blackboard, he misspells the term as unfor- unforgivable, with an E, uh, curses. This may be not have been a subtle hint that he was not actually Professor Alistair Moody, as a real professor would be unlikely to make such an error. So it literally is U-N-F-O-R-G-I-V-E e a b l e but there's no between the v and a there's no e but he put it e right. there. or the act e. or the actor kind of just like wrote it like that and they just kind of went with it <laughs> i don't know i feel that and then uh, <laughs> although the unforgivable curses ultimately carried a life sentence imprisonment and ask could not ever have happened until 1718, the year Domokis De, uh, Rao was elected Minister of Magic, as it wasn't until his term in office that Askaban was made a wizard in prison. In the interim, interim following 1717, when the penalties were first attached to the use, it's possible that another wizard in prison or a different punishment was used. Ooh. And despite the need for the uh, for evil intentions to use the curses, which means that generally only a dark wizard can use them. Barty Crouch Jr.'s used them on a spider while disguised as Alistair Moody. Moody doesn't seem to raise any suspicions among the Ministry or Hogwarts administration, both of whom likely knew of, of the idea. And then, although Aurors, Aurors were authorized to use them against dark wizards during the First Wizard War, the requirement to a desire to cause pain or harm in order to successfully execute them would have likely rendered them incapable of using any of them other than the Imperius curse. Mm-hmm. And then in Hogwarts legacy, the player may openly use all three unforgivable curses on human enemies with no repercussions legal or otherwise. This is exceptionally strange as the curses would have already been declared unforgivable uh, for 173 years. But this may be attributed to mere gameplay mechanics and the character's use of them not being canon. And Solomon Swallow once used one of the unfurable curses as on a dark wizard uh, during his career as an Auror. Although he was not sentenced a life in Azkaban, he did retire on bad terms with the Ministry of Magic.
0: Yeah, it's definitely just gamey-wamey. Oh, yeah, really like Hogwarts curses. Legacy, like...
1: I know and I, that was a that was a kind of a discussion point when the game first dropped It's like so I can use all three of these and not be punished like that's interesting but it's literally just because gameplay mechanic that is the only yeah. reason because why would there should be a punishment I mean it's a game they should like if they're going to like you can go all dark wizard but you're not truly a dark wizard you still have no. to follow the story
0: <laughs> right yeah it's true. Plus, you get like the the spell name, like the Crucio curse. You just get the name on the ground, and then you automatically know the wand movement. Like, there's no canon to it. No, <laughs> no, 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 the <laughs> the
1: there's no canon to the use of your spells in Hogwarts Legacy. Um, it's just, hey, I know the Unforgivables. That's instant kill people.
0: Yay. Yeah, let's just use these.
1: It's just gameplay mechanics and fun stuff Mm -hmm. because you can make a lot of fun combos with them. You can totally do that, and absolutely make your normal spells even curses. You can make (laughs) uh, so many of your normal spells like uh, turn into curses that then affect the unfavorable curses, and like you can instant kill like twenty people in one turn or one spell if you do the right combo it's great
0: that's open yes uh, yes yes it is um <laughs>
1: but is there anything else you all want to add before we end the show
0: no i think we covered everything about these curses
1: yeah all right well with that being said thank you for listening to the wizard world lore cast and remember the uh the wand chooses the witch or wizard Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast and you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast@gmail.com. at gmail.com Yay! Another episode for next week.
0: Yeah! yeah. Oh!
1: Alright. Well... I'm going to head on off and get this edited and that way I can just go and play more Starfield.
0: Yeah, you do that. I need to go to sleep because two nights in a row being up late is going to fuck up my sleep. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. It, it's, no, it's <laughs> completely fine.
0: It, I, it's completely fine. It's just I wake up at like 5.50 every Ew. morning. Ew. I didn't know oh. that. Yes, I, I wake up early because I work at um, 7 and it takes me 30 minutes just to get out of bed and then I have to do <laughs> okay yeah fuck dude it's hard that's
1: fair (laughs) all right well i'll talk to y'all later all right have a good night for sure see you chat